皆様ご起立ください Konnichiwa, Paralympics fans and lovers of Shukhlistan, and welcome to day 11 coverage of the Tokyo 2020 Paralympics on Keep the Flame Alive, the podcast for fans of the Olympics and Paralympics. I am your host, Jill Jarris, joined as always by my lovely co host, Allison Brown. Allison, Konnichiwa. Konnichiwa. Our time in Japan is almost over. It is. <sighs> so much preparation. I can't imagine how the organizers are feeling. I think they're ready for a nap. <laughs> Just. Fair enough. They're going to sweep the tatami. They're just going to lie down. Disinfect it with the, with the sprayer. <laughs> part of me is like, oh, things are coming to an end. And then part of me is like, oh, things are coming to an end. It's almost nice that there's another one in, in six months. Scary, <laughs> but nice. Okay. On our follow-up file, we have a correction, a big correction to make. From wheelchair basketball, we said the in the women's semifinals that the U.S. beat China to go to the gold medal match. No, that is incorrect. China won. They beat the U.S. 41 to 36. They will be playing Netherlands for gold. USA will be facing Germany. And then another bit of follow-up news. We mentioned that wheelchair tennis player Joachim Girard is, was in the hospital because he fainted unexpectedly. He is recovering well, the Belgium Paralympic Committee has confirmed, but he is still in the hospital. Well, get well soon. That was scary. <sighs> feed beefs. And honestly, Pete, I tell you, I was 25 minutes away from no feed beefs. And maybe that was because I fast-forwarded through most of... NBCSN's coverage today. And I have to give them props for how they dealt with the wheelchair tennis doubles final because they did the, we're going to come back to it. We're going to toss it over here. And then we, we're going back. And then we toss it over to this sport. And then we go, just like we would expect for an Olympics. It's like somebody's listening and they heard us. Right. But because they, this morning there were three major events going on at the same time. Exactly. And they handled that well, but I still had feed beefs. So do you want to go first? Well, you're, knew... you're already on a roll, so you go ahead. Okay. So my, my feed beef started with about 25 minutes to go because they replayed all of the swimming fine that the U.S. had meddled in that they had shown earlier in the broadcast. So just in case you were waking up and wanted to turn on the TV instead of turn on whatever you had recorded, we're going to show it to you again. And oh, wait, I know the same broadcast. Well, it may have. I don't remember what time of day it would have been because all the heats are in the morning in Tokyo and the finals are in the evening. So, yeah, they showed the heats. They showed the finals and then they showed the finals again later. But then they could add the interview in the mixed zone, which says a whole lot of nothing. But they could add that. And I can guarantee you that I won't need to watch about an hour of the coverage starting at 9 o'clock tonight because they will reshow those again. I'm, I would put money down on that. That's my beef. Okay, so my beef came yesterday afternoon when I was going back and watching the Olympic Channel. I said, oh, great. They are re-airing the wheelchair tennis semifinal between Alfie Hewitt and Tom Egberink, which I think I said yesterday, oh, I wanted to go back and see it. I'm watching it. It's very exciting. We are 5-5 in the second set. And they say, oh, we're going to swimming, but you can go to the feed. I go to NBC Olympics, match isn't there. Now, this is after struggling through looking at all the tennis replays because all they're marked as is day seven, court one, day six, center court. So it doesn't tell you who's playing. And the day is the day of tennis, not the day of the Paralympics. Oh, you're kidding. So day seven of tennis was day eight or nine of the Paralympics. We already have enough trouble knowing what day we're in. But the <laughs> thing that made me the angriest is you tell me to go to the feed, to go to your website, and it's not there. And this was not live. So they had time to get this match back up there and it wasn't there. So all this talk on the NBC broadcast of, oh, if you want to see something specific, go to our streaming site. 
but the stuff isn't there. Yeah. And it is, it's horribly organized. It's really hard to find anything. They just have a Paralympics button and you have to just scroll through all the Paralympic stuff until you find what you want. Whereas in the Olympic coverage, you can go by sport. But this does not do the same thing. It's really frustrating. I did read, did you, I didn't even know this happened. There was a primetime show, a one hour show on Sunday, like against 60 minutes or something. I guess it got not so great ratings. I only found out about it because our friend Rich Perlman in the Sports Examiner talked about it. And I went, oh, and what did they expect for one hour of coverage? And I don't even know. I bet half of that was packages. Oh, it had to be. And the fact that they never said that on the NBCSN or Olympic Channel, oh, we're going to be on the network on this day, is ridiculous. You know, on the Olympic coverage, they advertised their other Olympic coverage. You know, go to Peacock for this, go to Olympic Channel for this. On here, it's like a dirty secret that we're airing this. It's horrible. Right. Except for the other thing that happened today was they did a proper show wrap up. I didn't know what to do with myself. I was like, what? They didn't cut something off in the middle of an event? What? <laughs> like they did in the overnight coverage. Yeah. He actually wrapped up the show and I believe they're doing a highlight show on USA Network. Don't quote me on that, but there is going to be like a best of the Paralympics showcase later, which is kind of like, why even bother? Because if somebody gets excited about that, they can't go and watch it. Why aren't you doing a best of, I mean, they have that Olympic gold zone that they put on before they, they put on between like news and entertainment tonight or jeopardy or whatever you're watching that little news magazine, half hour show for the Olympics. Why are they doing that for the Paralympics? And it doesn't have to be a news magazine with packages. You could have somebody at a desk, Soviet style. Just reading results and showing clips. I mean, they've got all these packages. Yeah, just keep, I mean, use what you have. I don't know. It's really frustrating. My other part of the beef is that we watched swimming twice, the same swimming events twice, but spoiler alerts for later in the show, we got one club throw from silver medalist Cassie Mitchell. And I know all of you throws fans Oh, go. What else is new? That's all they show. Get on board with this, Jill. I'm, I'm not happy about throws getting one throw to show. That's not a competition. And then nothing from the gold medal archery match, which was A, phenomenal, and B, involved an American. Let's move on to happier things before we just ruin the whole show. Name that commentator. I put on the canoe stream yesterday and found out that the commentators were Kat Holloway and Andy Barfish. They were very low-key, though. It's funny you say that because I was watching some of the finals, and I thought they were quite poetic and excited, especially Andy Barfish. They were. I'm sorry. He was. <laughs> I wish I wrote down some of the stuff he said. <laughs> but they did go for long stretches of time without talking. That's true. That's the low-key part of it. Now it's time to talk about what a volunteer or officiating job you would like. What is your job today? So I mentioned yesterday how there was, or maybe two days ago, there was the water bottle delivery person, I think at athletics. Well, it seems like these water bottle delivery people are at all events. I saw today at Canoe Sprint, a man, poor thing, covered in his little plastic poncho, bringing a little milk crate to each boat, just filled with bottles of water. And I thought to myself, how much water is this poor canoeist going to drink? But that's fine. And he came by. And then one of the women who did it sat down next to the boat and applauded for one of the medalists. So she delivered Aww. water and gave them a little cheer. <laughs> I said, oh, good. They don't have to be quiet. They can say congratulations. They can applaud. They can do all those things. So then I liked it better. Excellent. And I love um, a good milk crate. <laughs> takes me back to elementary school. I'm back at the cycling road event and I had seen this a couple of days before and I, I needed a confirmation of what they were doing because I, I saw it and I said, that's a job I could do. You know, at the finish line, they have a big shoot. All of the, the walls are kind of broken off from the rest of the stuff and the athletes just ride down a, a shoot. 
and but they have to get off the chute somehow. And there is a break in the partition because it's just like metal fencing parts and they wrap it in Tokyo 2020 banners. But there's a place where they open it up and there's a guide there who waves them through like over here. This is how you get back to your pit or to the side or off the track. I would like that job. Do they have a flag? They did not have a flag. I think flags are official stuff. You just have to use your hand signals, which I enjoy a good hand signal too. You could wave your clipboard for added emphasis. Don't need a clipboard. I'm not checking people off. I'm just telling them to, here's how you get off the track because you've been riding for a long time and I know there's nowhere else to go. Jill, you always need a clipboard. (laughs) Have one now. All right, before we get to today's action, we'd like to remind you just a couple days left in our Kickstarter campaign. We are down to hours now. And the great thing is we are up to about 86% funded. We had a great day over overnight, but we still got that last push to go. So when the cauldron goes out, so does our project deadline. So we need to meet our 100% goal by the end of Sunday September 5th at 11.59 p.m. Eastern Time. So this is to cover our project of going to Beijing to cover the Winter Olympics and Paralympics. This was an opportunity we tried for, thought we wouldn't get, got it, and now we have to figure out how to pay for it because it was not in our little independent podcast budget for a few years yet. So we need your help to do so. You've been great so far. If you're still on the fence, there's not much time. Follow follow Jill's direction of her hands to our Kickstarter campaign. There you go. We have flags. (laughs) And and click give. So check it out at kickstarter.com slash profile slash flame alive pod. And we appreciate your support. Today's action started with archery. Men's individual. Recurve open. Oh my goodness. Put on the feed for this. These metal matches were amazing. Not on TV. Bronze was between India's Harvinder Singh and Korea's Kim Min Soo. They had to go to a tiebreaker. Shoot off. One arrow decides this. And Harvinder Singh won and also won India's first Paralympic archery medal. Fantastic. Then we move to the gold medal match, which is between American Kevin Mather and Zhao Lijiu from China. And Mather wins the first two sets pretty handily and goes up four points to zero. And in the second set of that, Zhao shot a two. So he's got to overcome that. Mather is thinking this is in the bag, or at least the commentators are thinking this is in the bag. He just has one more set to get. They tie in the third, so the set points get divided one point to one point. So now it's five to one. Mather needs one set point to win, and there's two more sets. Zhao wins set four. So now we're at five three. And we have to go to the last set. If Mather wins, he wins it. If Zhao wins, it's tied. We have to go to a shoot off again. Zhao starts off with a 10. This is like the first 10 of the whole match. Mathers hits a nine, so now he's behind. Zhao hits a nine. Mathers hits a 10, so now they're tied again. Zhao hits another 10. Mathers needs a nine to tie so that they split the set points. And he gets the nine right on the line. They have to go measure it. It's just barely a victory. As you're talking, I'm getting nervous. It was an incredible match, and it was just fantastic archery. If you can find it on the feed, find it on the feed and watch it. It's great. So to wrap it up, gold goes to Kevin Mather from the USA. Silver goes to Zhao Liju from China, and bronze goes to Harvinder Singh from India. Moving over to athletics, we'll start with the throws. We have the women's club throw, F51. It's a seated class, and the throwers have a high level of disabilities to the leg, trunk, and hands. Gold went to Zoya Ovsi from Ukraine, who set a Paralympic record. Silver went to Cassie Mitchell, who set an area record. She's from the USA. 
and lovely throw, I have to say. I would love to have seen more. The one throw that you saw. Yes. <laughs> and bronze went to Elena Gorlova from RPC, and she got a personal best. We had two more shot put contests today. The men had the F57 class which is moderate disability to both feet, including the absence of feet or a low degree of disability to one leg. Gold went to Tiago Paulino dos Santos from Brazil with a Paralympic record. Silver went to Wu Guoshan from China with an area record. And bronze went to Marco Aurelio Borges from Brazil. In the women's shot put, we had a combined F11, F12 class final. These are visually impaired athletes. Gold went to Safia Burkanova from Uzbekistan. Silver went to Asunta Legnati from Italy. And bronze went to Rebecca Valenzuelo Alvarez from Mexico. In javelin, we had two throwing competitions, one men, one women. Men had the F53, F54 class. This is a seated class with a high degree of disability to the legs and trunk. Gold went to Iran's Hamed Amiri with a Paralympic record. Silver went to Alexei Kustinov from RPC with an area record. And bronze went to Justin Pongsavan from USA. They did talk with him, and I think they showed a throw because they also did a package on him as well. And he said that the competition for this was really stiff. And lots of athletes were getting their best throws by like two and three meters. So he said he thought this was the best competition in this class in its history. Fantastic. In the women's F46 class, this is athletes are moderately affected in both forearms or one arm, including the absence of an arm. Gold went to Holly Robinson from New Zealand. Silver went to Noelle Rorda from Netherlands with a personal best. And... Bronze went to Holly Arnold from Great Britain. Go Silver Ferns. Exactly. In the men's discus throw F37 final, this is the only discus competition we have today. It's a moderate degree of disability on one side. Gold went to Haider Ali from Pakistan with a personal best. First time we've heard Pakistan. I think so, this yeah. Silver went to Mikolo Jabnak from Ukraine, and bronze went to João Victor Teixeira de Souza from Brazil. In jumps, we had one men's high jump and two women's long jump competitions. For the men, it was the T64 high jump, but this was a mixed class, so we had a moderate disability or an absence of a leg below the knee. Gold went to Jonathan Broom Edwards from Great Britain, Silver went to Kumar Praveen from India, who got an area record. And bronze went to Maja Lepiato from Poland. For the women's long jump, we had the T47 class. And this also was a mix of several disabilities affecting one arm or both forearms. Gold went to Anna Grimaldi from New Zealand. Go Silver Ferns. Silver went to Alexandra Mogachaya from RPC. And bronze went to Kiara Rodriguez from Ecuador, who got an area record. And then we had the T20 class, which is intellectual disabilities. Gold went to Carolina Poland with a Paralympic record. Silver went to Alexandra Ruchina from RPC. And bronze went to Michaela Rostowski from Croatia. I'm very curious to see in Paris if they're going to have the same number of records. The records have been insane on this track. And I know the commentator, Chris Waddell, was talking about how this stadium is so new and they incorporated so much technology into the track and into the field that he thinks is what's allowed all these records. Moving over to the track, we had three 100-meter races. We start with the women's T64 class. This is a mix of disabilities or absence of one leg below the knee. Gold went to Marlena van Ganswinkel from Netherlands with a Paralympic record for the T64 class. Silver went to Irmgard Bensusen from Germany, who set a Paralympic record for the T44 class. And bronze went to Marissa Papa Constantino from Canada, who got a personal best. For the men, we had two wheelchair classes. So the first one was a class with significant disability to arms and hands. It's the T51 class. Gold went to Peter Jen from Belgium with a Paralympic record. Silver went to Tony Piespanen from Finland. 
and bronze went to Roger Hapsch from Belgium. And in the T52 class, this is a class with low to moderate disability to the arms and hands. Gold went to Raymond Martin from USA. Silver went to Oya Yuki from Japan. And bronze went to Leonardo de Jesus Perez Juarez. This was a good race. That was a good race. Raymond Martin did not start well. And then all of a sudden came just charging through. And you, it surprised me in a such a short distance because it's only 100 how that switched. But man, that was fast. And I did find out bouncing is bad. Oh, okay. That's good to know. Chris Waddell was very helpful. Very helpful today, Chris Waddell. Thank you. Said that bouncing, you lose time. Okay. Because you want that contact with the, the right, surface. Because if the wheel is on the surface, then you're gaining speed. If you're bouncing, then it's adding distance to how far you have to travel because you're going up and down and forward. Interesting. And I know Oyayuki tried really hard because it was another, you could tell, not my house, but just couldn't. Raymond Martin just really sped away with that one. There was one race in the 200 meter distance for men in the T61 class. This is a running blades class where athletes are missing both legs above the knees. Gold went to Natando Malangu from South Africa. Silver went to Richard Whitehead from Great Britain. And bronze went to Ali Lassen from Germany. In the men's 400 T62 class, which is another running blades class, but this time it's absence of both legs below the knees. Gold went to Jonas Flores from Germany. Silver went to uh, Oliver Hendricks from Netherlands. And bronze went to Hunter Woodall from the USA. And we had two races in the 1500 meters, both men and women, T20 intellectual disability class. For the men, gold went to Owen Miller from Great Britain. Silver went to Alexander Robotnitsky from RPC. And bronze went to Nide Diang from Italy. For the women, gold went to Barbara Biganowska Sejek from Poland. Silver went to Ludmila Danilina from Ukraine. And bronze went to Hannah Totten from Great Britain. And then finally, we had the 4 by 100 meter universal relay. Did you watch this? I have not seen this yet. Oh, go and watch it. It's fun. It's a, this is a, it's a mixed relay. So everyone's doing 100, but it's a combination of classes. So you can have... Uh, China had a visually impaired runner. I think they had the only visually impaired runner on the track. You can have a mix of disabilities, but you have to end with a wheelchair. Are they doing a traditional baton handoff? No, you tap. You tap. Okay. And so gold went to the USA, set a world record. Close behind was China, who got disqualified. I don't know what rule 710.4 is. But there was some kind of impediment somewhere. They did the replay to show it. And there was one of the beach umbrellas in the way of where the infraction was. So even the commentators were stymied. And then, so that meant Great Britain moved up to silver and got an area record and bronze went to Japan. And Tatiana McFadden was the closer for the U.S. And she was going very fast. But the Chinese wheelchair athlete was almost caught her. It so was I, incredible. I think that means that's number 20 for Tatiana McFadden yeah. of Paralympic medals. Man. It was a great team. She's amazing. Okay. Moving over to badminton. A lot of group play happened. Some quarterfinals happened. Some semifinals happened. Uh, a bunch of classes. Uh, we're still keeping an eye on that. I did see some on the NBC coverage. Did you see this? I did see some. I did not see the wheelchair class. I saw a standing match. So maybe I was watching Olympic Channel. I don't even know what I'm watching anymore because I just turn stuff on and watch what I can find. <laughs> right? And then you go, oh, they're showing badminton. And then you just watch and go, oh, that was nice. And I have no context to put any of this in, but you learn a little bit about how it works. Is there anything different about the standing? Or what did you see? I don't know what I saw because they didn't have the names on the graphic. They barely said anything, but it seems like with standing badminton, it's like Olympic badminton. You, If you like it and you know what's happening, you'll get it, which is what I hope 
because they didn't tell me anything. I saw part of a wheelchair match between Chan Ho Wen from Hong Kong and Kajiwara Daiki from Japan. And in wheelchair badminton, they only use half the court. So you only move the chair forward and backward. There's not really, you don't have to do a whole lot of lateral movement. And it was cool. Rallies were really long. So that was pretty interesting. I think that's because of that element of just going back and forth. Akajiwara won this match. It was a group play match. He won 2-2-1. Two, two, Bacha's going on again, and I don't think we're going to see much of it for, I mean, we only have a couple days left, but maybe we'll see the ends of this. I don't know. We are in pairs and team competition. The, the pairs has a couple of classes. They have the BC3 class, which affects movement moderately in the trunk and to a high degree in the limbs. One of the players on the team must have cerebral palsy. Yeah, it's an interesting stipulation. And then for this class, the players use the ramp to direct the ball. And then the BC4 class has a wide range of coordination skills from moderate to high in various areas of the body. This could include absence of limbs. This is one of the classes where fatigue is a big issue. So the pair may be any type of impairment in BC4 class. So for the pairs, we're down to semifinals. It will be Greece versus Japan and Hong Kong versus Korea in the BC3 class. And in the BC4 class, it will be Slovakia versus RPC and Hong Kong versus Portugal. Then in the team competition, we have uh, a mixed BC1 and BC2 class. And this is for athletes who have poor trunk and sitting balance to varying degrees. Teams consist of three players. They must have at least one BC, one player on their team on the court. And that is the highest degree of impairment in this sport. So the semifinals will be China versus Portugal and Japan versus Thailand. I hope we get to see some of it somewhere along the way. I mean, you you may end up with a gold medal match, you hope? I know. I was just going to say, what are they going to do now that swimming is over? But swimming isn't over for NBCSN because they'll just show it again tonight and probably another night as well. And they've got that track relay that they can show at least six times. Moving over to canoe sprint, we had some medal races today. We had the K class, which is kayak, and it's a double-bladed paddle. And then we had the V class, which is a VA boat, and that is new for Tokyo. It's a longer boat with an outrigger attached, and the athletes use a single-blade paddle on one side of the boat. What I think is funny is they call this canoe sprint, but there aren't actually any canoes. There's no C class <laughs> like there is in Olympics. You know, because since that's called canoe sprint so that people would understand it's very similar. But I thought that was just sort of an odd quirk in the classes. Right. These were some great races, though. Yeah, they were. So we had the men's K1 200 meter distance, highly affected in the trunk and legs. Gold went to Peter Kiss from Hungary, who got a personal best. Silver went to Luis Carlos Cardozo da Silva from Brazil. And bronze went to Remy Boy from France. Peter Kiss was pretty amazing. And he was pretty excited at the end. It was really sweet. When he reached that spot where he got a whole milk crate of water, he's embracing his coach and he's sobbing and he's a good looking kid. And that made it even sweeter that he's got the smile, but he's sobbing. So that's a fun race to watch. And it's just good kayaking. And Hungarians keeping on the tradition of their strength in this sport. They love their water sports. In the KL2, all of these races are 200 meters. M moderate degree of disability to both legs or the absence of legs. Gold went to Curtis McGrath from Australia. Silver went to Mikolo Siniuk from Ukraine. And bronze went to Federico Moncarella from Italy. In the men's KL3, 200-meter race, moderate disability to one leg or the absence of one leg. Gold went to Serhil Yemelnyov from Ukraine. Silver went to uh, Leonid Krylov from RPC. And bronze went to Robert Oliver from Great Britain. One of these races, and I forgot to mark down, maybe it was like a B final. 
they had a false start. Did you see that one? I did not see that. So that must have been in the B finals. Okay, right. And they have like sirens and lights for every lane <laughs> because it just went, woo, 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 woo. <laughs> it's like, oh my goodness, what's going on? Someone's trying to steal a canoe. Well, we know those canoes ain't cheap, so we got to protect them. <laughs> and I, I know they're kayaks, but still, there could be a canoe around. Someone's trying to get it. Yeah, every lane had its own little sensor, and they didn't disqualify anybody, and they didn't yellow card anybody. I guess maybe it was just a little sensitive because you couldn't really tell who jumped. But that was funny. Like, oh, I am learning something about how this race is organized. And the women's VL2 class 200 meter singles, this is for moderate to significant disability in both legs or the absence of both legs and the addition of massive muscles to your biceps and triceps. Wow. These women. Gold went to Emma Wiggs from Great Britain, who got her personal best. Silver went to Susan Seipel from Australia. And bronze went to Jeanette Chippington from Great Britain. This was a fun race. And what made it the most fun for me is at the end, Emma Wiggs is screaming to Jeanette Chippington. Oh, yes. As they both pull in like, yay, you got the bronze. And Jeanette Chippington is, is sort of, she's excited, but she's like, wait a second, Emma, you just got the gold. Stop cheering for me. It was a wonderful British moment where everyone's like, yay for the other person. And the other, no, it's fine. And Emma Wig is just thanking everybody and sobbing and, and saying how amazing they're. And it's just a great race to watch. There's a very tight finish for third, uh, second, third, and fourth. Yes. Because Emma was just way far ahead. You just looked at the stroke rates and people are like, stroke. And Emma's like, stroke, 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 stroke. And you just didn't know how she could move her arms that fast and push the water because that's hard to do. And but then you saw the biceps and triceps oh and you understood goodness. how she could push yes. the water. Emma Wiggs is a crossover athlete. She used to play sitting volleyball and now switched to paracanoe. And she's tiny. She's only 5'2". There's hope for us old tiny people because she's in her 40s too, man. In the road cycling event, we have a follow-up from yesterday. The mixed team H-class relays do not need to have a woman on the team. And only half the teams included female riders. That was one of the points. If I don't remember if it's in the show, but... We did wonder if teams needed to have a woman on, and they did not. So today we had the men's C class four and five road race. These are traditional bicycles. Athletes have a low degree of disability on one side or both legs or moderate disability or absence of one leg. The race is 92.4 kilometers long. Gold went to Kevin Lecumpf from France. Silver went to Yehor Dementiev from Ukraine. And bronze went to Gabriel Daniel and Abraham from Netherlands. For the women's C1 to 3 race, also on traditional bicycles, varying degrees of disability to the limbs and trunk. So this race uses a time factoring system where time's added in in varying amounts to those uh, athletes who have less degrees of disabilities. They ride a 39.6 kilometer race. Gold went to Segura Keiko from Japan. Silver went to Anna Beck from Sweden and bronze went to Paige Greco from Australia. The photo finish on this for spots two, three, and four. When I say photo finish, I mean inches. Mm -hmm. It was tight. And when they show the picture afterward, I still looking at the photo of the photo finish couldn't parse out. Wow. Incredible. So uh, Sugura, she's a pharmacist. She has three children. She took up cycling after Rio. And I wonder if it was like, oh, I see this. And, oh, I fit into this sport. And the Paralympics are coming to Japan. Why don't I try it? And the feed announcers, these are OBS announcers, <laughs> actually said, she's been, as she's getting ready to cross the finish line, they just went into their bag of 
phrases. <laughs> and said, she's been working for this all her life. And I just went, you just said she didn't take up cycling until after Rio. Yeah, she's one of those Paralympians who didn't know about all these sports, saw it in Rio and said, I'm athletic. I do that. And now I can be a competitive athlete in a way that I never knew I could. And I think we'll be seeing a lot of that again. Yes. With the increased exposure and television coverage, I think you're right. We're going to see more of more athletes who realize that they have a place or people who realize that they can be athletic. And then we had the men's and women's B road race. This is for visual impairments. The women rode 92.4 kilometers and the men rode 118.8 kilometers. For the women, gold went to Katie George Dunleavy with her pilot Eve McChrystal, and they're from Ireland. Silver went to Sophie Unwin with pilot Jenny Hall. They are from Great Britain. And bronze went to Louise Jennering from, and her pilot Anna Sverdstrom from Sweden. For the men, gold went to Vincent Tashur from Netherlands with pilot Timo Fransen. Silver went to Tristan Bangma with his pilot Patrick Boss. They are also from the Netherlands. And bronze went to Alexander Ulveris with pilot Corentin Ermenal from France. So many crashes in this race. Really? I did not get to see this one. So the B-class race started after the C-classes races. And it was raining again and foggy. And there was this one turn that had some blue paint on it, I guess as a, a marker. And three teams that I saw wiped out on that turn. And the announcer said, oh, there's something about the paint that makes it difficult because you're transitioning from one road surface to another. And they were catching this paint. The other problem that they were talking about was that a lot of the teams didn't have the proper wheels for the conditions. Oh. They didn't bring them. Or it's so complicated to switch the wheels out that they couldn't switch it out. Like it's a several hour process. And then there's adhesive that has to dry over a couple days. So you can't just swap out the wheels. So even teams that had certain wheels couldn't necessarily use them. Do we know whether this is particular to Paralympic? This cycling? is particular to the tandem bike. Oh, okay. Oh, that's interesting. Right. So there's something about the way the tandem bike is structured that changing the wheels is extremely difficult and changing the type of wheel because it's not just you swap out a tire. You actually have to make adjustments to other parts of the bike when you change the type of tire. Okay. And yes, I can imagine they have, it, it was cold yesterday and I should have mentioned this in the canoe portion because it was like 20 degrees Celsius, which was they, they said, this is not the weather that they were preparing for because it was cold, it was rainy, it was foggy. And yeah, I bet they all brought hot weather tires. And once you lose that heat, and but you still have the humidity, what kind of tires you need? Oh, that's really interesting. And then there was the issue again in the B class of keep your glasses on, take your glasses off. So both for the sighted riders and, and the visually impaired riders, a lot of them wear goggles to protect from things flying up and hitting you in the face. And then for the sighted pilots, they also protect their vision, but they couldn't see out of them because of the fog and the rain. But you take them off and you, you risk getting things flung in your face and also not being able to see because now your face is all wet. So these were rough conditions for these riders. Oh, what a day. That's really earning your medal right there. Moving over to goalball. Shall I sing the one song they seem to play <laughs> at every break? So clearly they fired the DJ that was going to be there if crowds were there. So they only have one song that they play on repeat. Some awful Imagine Dragons that I liked the first time I heard it. 
But the 47th time I heard the first 15 seconds of the song, because they don't keep going. They just start it from the beginning every time. Kind of losing my mind a little bit. It's Believer. And I, honest to Pete, I woke up this morning and that song was in my head. How could it not be? It just was like, and then I was like, go ball. I'm going to go and see it, Cobalt. You were writing your own song there? Yes, exactly. So we had the it, last day of Cobalt. And this has been so much fun to watch. For the women, bronze medal match, Japan beat Brazil 6-1. to one, So host country getting on the podium. Then for the gold medal match, Turkey beat the U.S. 9-2. to two, And Turkey star Sevda Altunaluk scored all of their goals all nine of them they had six goals in the first half Sevda scored those there was a penalty shot she took it she made it she's just their star and is amazing usa just couldn't come back but their star amanda dennis did not play in this match and we don't know why we can't can't find anything about this match really we talked about this yesterday where they had that extremely long match with brazil i wonder if she was just so fatigued fatigue or got some kind of injury that we don't know about and they didn't want to talk about it to not to give the rest of the team hope and also not let turkey in on that but it, it was really interesting and the feed commentators our favorite lisa o'sullivan noticed that she kept saying amanda dennis is not playing she's wearing her vision glasses her eyes were not taped up and things like that so there was the clue that she was not going to be on the court that day but nobody knew why and of course you know that's they're not reporters they don't go and find that information out they just comment on what they're seeing on the court but team usa had not released any information either correct yeah we'll see if that changes in the next 24 hours but I'm sure we'll probably see this on the early coverage as well because it was a big deal. And USA did improve their medal position from Rio. So this is a, a huge accomplishment. And they've really worked hard over the last five years to update their strategy. They lost some players. So it's a new team that they've put together. And it's they've done a great job. For the men, USA was in the bronze medal match, but they lost to Lithuania 10-7. to I thought this was going to go the way of the first match with Lithuania, but the U.S. did try to work their way back. They just didn't have enough time to do so. And then in the gold medal match, Brazil beat China 7-2. to And China just seemed to give up. It was hard, and Lisa was getting very frustrated with China. She was saying things like, you do realize you are five goals behind. Yeah, both of the announcers were just getting frustrated because by the second half, it was just China had stopped pushing. They were so far behind that it was just, oh, we can't catch up. So, And that's disappointing to see. And that's disappointing to see in any match, but in a gold medal match especially. It's not necessarily that far behind uh, we have seen some amazing comebacks and you can win five goals and five throws really and throws are quick you only have 10 seconds to throw the ball so there's a lot of back and forth you have plenty of time and a half one of the officials the quiet please official mm -hmm. getting very upset with the brazilian fans at the end <laughs> of the match because the brazilian women came to the men's match He was saying, quiet, please, in language I have never heard. He's like, I'm just going to try it in every language and hope these people quiet down because this is not okay. If they don't quiet down to his voice, it's just put on the Imagine Dragons. That'll, that'll shut everybody up. Moving over to shooting, we had the women's and men's 50-meter rifle three positions for the SH1 class competition today. This class, the athletes can support the rifle on their own and have disabilities to the legs. They uh, usually are in a sitting position for this. So for the women, gold went to Zhang Kuipin from China with a Paralympic record. Silver went to Natasha Hiltrup from Germany, and bronze went to Avani Lakara from India. For the men, 
Gold went to Abdullah Sultan Alarani from U- United Arab Emirates. Silver went to Laszlo Serrani Sher- from Serbia. And bronze went to Shim Young Jip from Korea. In sitting volleyball, we had the women's 7th and 8th place classification. Rwanda beat Japan 3-0 to zero for this. And our sitting volleyball correspondent, Brittany, said that not only did Rwanda win their first game ever in the Paralympics, but took their first set match ever. And this is their second time in the Paralympics. So that was a nice little tidbit. And fifth and sixth place, fifth place went to RPC. They beat Italy three to one. And then we had the semifinals. China beat Canada three to zero and USA beat Brazil three to zero. We saw a little bit of that match. That was pretty fun. Correspondent Brittany also did a little digging into the history of sitting volleyball in the Paralympics because the announcers kept saying like, oh, this is the first appearance for the women in of RPC and Italy in the Paralympics. And she thought, well, that's really weird. These are two pretty powerhouse countries. And checked it out. Women's sitting volleyball has only been the, in the Paralympics since 2004. And volleyball had been in the Paralympics since 1976. And they had two types. They had a standing and a sitting. But when they brought in the women's competition, they took away the standing class for the men. Moving over to swimming, last day, technically. For Tokyo, it's the last day of swimming. We may be seeing these races in October. (laughs) So first, we had a few individual medley races. They were all 200 meters in distance. First off, we had the SM10 class for men and women. This is a low level of disability to one leg or moderate to the hip area or both feet or the absence of one foot for the men. Gold went to Maxim Kripiak from Ukraine with a Paralympic record. Silver went to Stefano Raimondi from Italy. And bronze went to Bas Takin from Netherlands. For the women, it was Chantal Ziedereld from Netherlands who got a world record. Silver went to Bianca Pop from Hungary. And bronze went to Lisa Kruger from the Netherlands. And Chantal Ziedereld just blew everybody out of the water in this race. Yeah, it was yeah. no joke. And in the women's SM5 class, this is a moderate disability to the full body, high, disagree of, high degree of disability to the trunk and legs, or the absence of multiple limbs. Gold went to Lu Dong from China. Silver went to Cheng Jiao from China. And bronze went to Monica Boggioni from Italy. We had a few races in backstroke. So first distance is 50 meters, the S4 class for both men and women. This is significant disability to the legs and trunk or an absence of multiple limbs. For the men, Roman Zdanov from RPC won gold and a world record. Silver went to Arnost Petracek from Czech Republic. And bronze went to Angel de Jesus Camacho Ramirez from Mexico. For the women... Gold went to Liu Yu from China, who got a world record. Silver went to Zhao Yanfei from China. And bronze went to Alexandro Stamatopoulou from Greece. In the 100-meter backstroke S6 class, which is our hodgepodge of disabilities, for the men, gold went to Jia Hongguan from China. Silver went to Matias de Andrade from Argentina, and bronze went to Dino Sinovic from Croatia. And for the women, gold went to Elizabeth Marks from the USA, who got a world record. Silver went to Jiang Yuyan from China, and bronze went to Verena Schott from Germany. It's interesting because I think Elizabeth Marks might have been in another race in this session. She may have been, she may have not been, but there was another race where she came in like fourth or fifth. And it's funny because the USA broadcasters always seem like, okay, you won one race, you're definitely getting a medal in every other race you're competing in. And I, it, it seems like for some of the swimmers, like fatigue is a real issue. Yeah, they do in Olympics as well. They do a lot of races. They did this to Katie Ledecky in the Olympics, where it was she had multiple races in a day. And, you know, she was going to do the Michael Phelps, win gold medals in everything. 
but number one, that's not realistic. And number two, that's not what the competition planned for in the sense of, you know, somebody else has the world record. Somebody else is actually a better swimmer in this race. Just because they're doing multiple races doesn't mean they deserve a whole collection. Right. And it's an announcer's thing. It's not a swimmer's thing. Exactly. And that's, I think, what's frustrating. And I think they're looking for the easy story. Oh, we have one star in the pool. Okay, great. We can jump onto that. Moving over to Butterfly, we had a number of races in Butterfly today. Starting with the SA class, which is a low level of disability to the whole body, moderate degree of disability to legs, high degree of disability to one arm or the absence of one arm or both legs above the knee. For the men, gold went to Robert Griswold from the USA, silver went to Yang Feng from China, and bronze went to Dennis Dubroff from Ukraine. For the women, gold went to Jessica Long from the U.S., Silver went to Victoria Ishilova from RPC, and bronze went to Laura Carolina Gonzalez-Rodriguez from Colombia. And oh, NBC was so happy that two Americans won gold in this. It was, you know, nice and good for them. They swam really great races. Jessica Long is just an amazing butterflyer. But again, with the... Easy story. Yes. The American take is, it gets old. Then we moved up to a men's 100-meter butterfly S11 class, which is visual impairment. And they also had an S12 race for men in this distance that's also visual impairment. In the S11 class, gold went to Kimuri Keji from Japan. Silver went to Tomito Yuchu from Japan. And bronze went to Wendell Palomino Pereira from Brazil. And for the S12 class, Gold went to Raman Saleh from Azerbaijan. Silver went to Stephen Clegg from Great Britain. And bronze went to Roman Makarov from RPC. And then we had our splash and dash in the 50-meter butterfly for the S7 class, which is another hodgepodge of disabilities. For the women, gold went to Danielle Doris from Canada. Silver went to Mallory Wegman from USA. Bronze went to Julia Terzi from Italy for the men. Gold went to Evan Austin from USA. Silver went to Andre Trusov from Ukraine. And bronze went to Carlos Daniel Serrano Zarate from Colombia. Then we had freestyle. First was the women's 100-meter freestyle for the S11 total visual impairment class. Gold went to Li Guiji from China. Silver went to Lisette Brunsma from Netherlands. And bronze went to Kai Li Wen from China. And the men had the 200-meter freestyle for the S3 class, which is a high degree of impairment to legs and trunk or the absence of multiple limbs. Gold went to Denis Ostapchenko from Ukraine. Silver went to Diego Lopez Diaz from Mexico. And bronze went to Jesus Hernandez Hernandez from Mexico. And we closed out the competition with the men's 4x100 medley relay, 34 points, which means that the combination of the Number value of the class cannot total more than 34 points. Gold went to RPC, silver went to Australia, and bronze went to Italy. And I saw the women's version of this race a couple times, maybe? I know it at least once, because this was the first time that the U.S. women had won it since like 2004, so it was a big deal. Everyone loves a relay. I do love swimming relays. They're fun. I don't know why. I like them better than the track relays. I don't know why. I think the track relays, I find the baton pass stressful. So I'm glad to hear that in Paralympics, they don't have the baton. Yes, I would agree with you that that because and that's where most of the relay problems happen is bad baton passes. So I, I liked the touching. I almost wish that Olympic athletics would think about getting rid of the baton and going to touching. Though touching would have been bad this year, COVID. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. In table tennis, we ended up a lot of men's and women's team competitions. We will start with the men. Oh, and and China cleaned up at most of them, except for two. So the men's team M1 to 2 class, this is a locked wheelchair class, and the Bats are strapped to the athlete's hands. Gold went to France, silver went to Korea, and bronzes went to Poland and Slovakia. 
And the, the reason China didn't win is because they did not have a team in this class. In the MT6 and 7, it's a standing class, and players have varying disabilities that cause slow movement around the table. Gold went to China, silver went to Great Britain, and bronzes went to Spain and Germany. And then in the men's MT9 and 10 class, it's a standing class with low degree of disability to forearm or one leg or the absence of a leg below the knee or a forearm. Gold went to China, silver went to Australia, and bronzes went to Nigeria and Ukraine. For the women, we had the also the 9 and 10 class event. Gold went to Poland, silver went to Australia with our Shuklastani, Millie Tapper, and bronzes went to Brazil and China. At the end of the Poland-Australia match, the announcer said, it's Partika time, because the Polish player's name was... Partika, which sounds really cheesy that I'm repeating it, but at the time it was quite cute and kind of <laughs> clever in that dad joke kind of way. I thought this was interesting because I didn't quite know how the teams were made up. It's a doubles game first, then a singles match, and then a t if they have a tiebreaker need, there's another singles match. Well, for Australia, we had a doubles team, and then one of the doubles team members played singles as well, and that was the woman who had beat Millie earlier in the singles tournament, and Millie was our tiebreaker game. Poland only had two players. They played everything, so they had one play doubles and singles, and then the other was going to be the singles tiebreaker. It was kind of interesting how that worked out. But they beat everyone quite handily. I wondered if after the doubles match... If Chang from Australia, if she had been tired, if they could have swapped Millie in and said, could you do this? But I don't know if that's set or not. And then finally, we had the women's team WT four to five class. It's a wheelchair class that allows for some movement to the chair and players may reach while they hold on to the chair. Gold went to China, silver went to Sweden, and bronzes went to Great Britain and Serbia. Uh, in Taekwondo, I was so excited. Okay, hey, they did show a couple of points on Taekwondo on some coverage. They showed something. And then I was on Twitter and I saw a video of the beginning of a Taekwondo match. And by beginning of the Taekwondo match, I mean them coming out of the backstage area and being led onto the <laughs> playing area. And then the video ended. And I was just like, why? Just show me some Taekwondo. No Taekwondo for you. For the women's 58 kilos, gold went to Elisa Gajessing from Denmark. Silver went to Beth Monroe from Great Britain. And bronze went to Silvana Mayara Cardoso Fernandez from Brazil. And also Li Yuji from China. In the men's 75 kilo class, gold went to Juan Diego Garcia Lopez from Mexico. Silver went to Madi Puranaman Morgarabi. From Iran, and bronzes went to Juan Samarano from Argentina and Ju Jung Hun from Korea. In wheelchair basketball, we had a classification for the men, seventh and eighth place. Seventh went to Germany, who beat Canada 68 to 56. Then we had the, the women's playoff for fifth and sixth place. Canada beat Japan 68 to 49. And we had the men's semifinals matches. Japan beat Germany 79 to 68, and USA beat Spain 66 to 52. It will be Spain and Great Britain for bronze, and USA and Japan playing for gold, which is going to be exciting because you know the host country getting behind this. So I noticed that there was a player coach for Great Gaz Chowdhury and looked it up. Turns out the British head coach. Haj Banya tested positive for COVID in his pre-travel test, couldn't travel, is talking to them on the phone, basically coaching them ahead of games. But during the games, Gosh Chowdhury has taken over this role and done an amazing job. They're going for the bronze medal. Wow. Well, I hope their head coach is doing well. 
so far, it seems like it's not serious because he has continued to be in contact and work and he's not hospitalized. But yeah, that must have been a little scary for the whole team because then it's, wait, our coach just tested positive. Are we going to be able to go? Because obviously they had been in close contact. And finally, in wheelchair tennis, an epic, epic day in wheelchair tennis. <laughs> so good. And not even because it was the Scottish commentator, which made it better. But these matches, we had the bronze uh, medal match for the men's doubles between Japan's Kuneda and Sonata and Netherlands Egberink and Schaefer's. Netherlands beat Japan 6 3, 6 2. And then in the gold medal match, oh my goodness, this went on and on. So it's Houdet and Pfeiffer from France versus Hewitt and Reed from Great Britain. France wins the first set 6-5, commanding lead. Then Hewitt and Reed say, oh no, we're not giving up just yet. And when they win the second set 6-0. And then so it goes to a tiebreaker set and Houdet and Pfeiffer eke it out seven to six and there were just points where they were stuck at deuce and going back and forth for advantage for like nine rounds of back and forth it was incredible tennis this was a great match and this was the first of the wheelchair tennis that i've watched the whole match where i just sat down beginning to end and it was an emotional roller coaster Mm -hmm. and i don't i had no skin in this game I didn't know these players, and yet I was so drawn in and got so into it. And this is, again, one of those matches where it was heartbreaking for anyone to lose and thrilling for anyone to win. Just if you love tennis, it is a beautiful match to watch. Fantastic. And Houdet and Pfeiffer, they defend their men's wheelchair title. So they are the first in the uh, history of this event to do so at the Paralympics. And then Hewitt and Reed, they are no longer eligible to win a Golden Slam this year because they have been dominant on the pro tennis circuit. And more upsetting is this may be the last Paralympics for Alfie Hewitt because there is discussion. He's been playing provisionally for the past two years because he may be classified out of wheelchair tennis eligibility. Oh, really? In the uh, women's singles tournament for the bronze medal, Great Britain's Jordan Wiley beat Netherlands' Anik Van Koot. Again, another epic match. 6 4, 6 7, 6 4. So uh, just pushing everything to the limit. And Van Koot was not giving up for sure. And then for the gold medal match, it was Netherlands. Deed of De Groot versus Japan's Kamiji Yui, and De Groot won that match 6-3-7-6. So Kamiji not going down without a fight either. So gold goes to Deed of De Groot, silver goes to Kamiji Yui, and bronze goes to Jordan Wiley. And then we had the quad singles bronze medal match, which Niels Vink from Netherlands won. He beat Sugeno Koji from Japan, 6-1, 6-4. And the gold medal match will be on Saturday because, again, everything's super rescheduled in tennis. Niels Vink is 18. Incredible. And he looks about 14. (laughs) He has such this little baby Dutch face. You want to put him (laughs) in a little hat and stick his finger in in the wall? Really, and just a good kid. So it was fun to see him win. He was very uh, joyous and respectful. It was a good match to watch, too. So one more day, I think, of wheelchair tennis? Yes, finishes up tomorrow. Okay, it's been great. That has been so much fun to watch. We'd like to take a moment to thank our Patreon patrons. These are people who give to the show on an ongoing basis. And because of their financial contributions, we have been able to expand what we can do as a show, and we are incredibly grateful for that. The most recent thing we've been able to do is add transcripts of the show, which make us more accessible to a wider audience. And it also shows us that we don't really speak in complete sentences. (laughs) We'll work on that. (laughs) No complete sentences and run-ons. My specialty. (laughs) So... 
If you would like to contribute on an ongoing basis and see what else we can provide you to make your listening experience even better, check out patreon.com slash flamealivepod. Shukla Stanwatch. Uh, McKenna Gear is shooting small bore. Go McKenna. Have a better day. Well, on that note, it is time for us to say sayonara. As always, you can email us at flamealivepod at gmail.com, text or voicemail us at 208-352-6348. That's 208-FLAMEIT. We're at flamealivepod on social. I'm on Twitter. Allison's on Insta and Facebook, so please get at us there. Make sure you are in the Keep the Flame Alive Facebook group. So much fun we're having there and learning so much. Don't forget our Kickstarter. We're one hour closer to our deadline, and we still need your help. Please help us reach the goal of bringing you on-the-ground coverage at Beijing. That's kickstarter.com slash profile slash flamealivepod. As we go out to music by Mercury Sunset, thank you so much for listening, and until tomorrow, keep the flame alive. Keep the flame alive.